Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So uh, before we let the guests introduce themselves, I have to admit that uh, if you ever look at your map and on the ocean it says there be monsters, well, Nick didn't listen and he went out on his boat and we just don't know where he is, but I mean, maybe they'll find him. Uh, Stabby has a, after this episode records, it is Halloween, so you know, happy Halloween. After this episode records, Stabby is going to commune with the um, the old ones and hopefully maybe we can work on a trade where, you know, she trades somebody we don't like for Nick and then we'll be okay. Maybe a manatee got him, you know, crazed manatee. You never know. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully well, he's that's okay. why I was a little bit late because I was doing the trade. I was trading the kid for the husband. So fingers crossed it worked. <laughs> that's why I'm a little bit late. I mean, worst case scenario, they give him the kid back and the husband, and then you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> well, we know that the kid drives everybody crazy, so we all know he's coming back. Yeah, that's why my kids are safe. If they kidnapped him, they'd give him back in five minutes. We're good. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to let our guests introduce themselves, and we're going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, we're going to start with you, Mr. Brian Thomas Schmidt. Can you introduce oh, yourself to people who don't remember your last episode? Well, you know, I have – Schmidt is the last name, so this is a rare honor. I don't usually am last in the alphabet. But anyway, first names, I like it. I am Brian Thomas Schmidt. I am an author and editor of 22 anthologies, seven novels. I edited uh, many, many novels as well. I'm a full-time uh, freelance editor. I edited – Andy, where's the Martian? Was the most famous one. Boy, that is a loud straw there. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm right now editing uh, Stabby because she's making a lot of noise in the background. But anyway, you can find me at BrianThomasSchmidt.net and so on. My latest book is called Shortcut. It is out on audio this week. It's for sale. Well, you're not going to see the show in time to get the 99 cent sale, but I do put it on sale from time to time on Kindle. It's available in hardcover and paperback and i hope you check it out it's like the martian meets goodwill hunting meets the x-files outstanding it sounded interesting enough that it has gone on my tbr list towards the top and i'm gonna probably do a review i don't normally like hard sci-fi but it intrigued me and if you want to know more listen to the episode it is episode i believe 285 somewhere it was episode 300 it was 300 you were 300 wow how did i forget that jeez i I need to get checked into an old folks home apparently my memory's going Apparently, yeah. Monsters of your memory. Absolutely. (laughs) Next, we have the lovely Miss Erin Lewis. Can you introduce yourself? Because we're recording this before they've, um, or they're going to see this before the Hellbound interview. Uh, Well, I'm Erin Lewis, and uh, I I started writing actually nonfiction uh, about my time as an adult entertainer or exotic dancer. Most recently, I've started writing crime uh, thriller and um, horror, my, um, let's see, I have three uh, novels, one with Armand Rosanelia, and my latest one is called Colleen. Uh, it's about a bisexual succubus with an unfortunate habit of killing people on, on accident, so she swears. <laughs> it's an accident. She swears. Such a bad <laughs> habit. You seen in Chicago? <laughs> You know, where the lady was like, he, he fell onto the knife, and the cop was like, 27 times? I, you know, she's, she's well-meaning and good-hearted. She, she really doesn't intend to. She can't, she can't figure out why. He's very she's clumsy, JR. That's why. He's very clumsy. <laughs> so, uh, she's we'll trying. Have... She's making an effort. 
<laughs> we'll have to get you back on with Armand, and we'll we'll talk about your uh, your series with him more in a more dedicated fashion because I'm interested in hearing more. All right, and uh, with that being said, we got Mr. Isaac Kraft. Hi, um, I'm Isaac Kraft. I'm a baby author uh, working on my first novel. Uh, I've tried several times to get something working and. This one seems to be working this time. Uh, uh, I do speculative fiction. Uh, I've got less than, or more or less, uh, a, a dozen flash fiction short stories uh, published through the Corner Scribblers for Three Ravens Publishing. But I'm trying my hand at a novel this time. Good for you. And this is your second podcast interview, so I'm sure you're going to nail it out of the park. You've got mm -hmm. this. You're, a, you're an old champ now. By the time you do your third, they're going to be giving you awards. It's just easy. You've got this. All right. And uh, with that being said, the next part of this introduction, dear listener, is how we first found them. So uh, I found Isaac through uh, Three Ravens. We found Miss Erin Lewis through her publisher on the Twitters, where Stabby stalks all the horror stuff. And uh, we found Brian through, um, I don't remember. Craig Martell. Craig, Craig Martell. There we go. Craig Martell didn't recommend me directly. He was on. He was a guest on the show, and I I approached you because I thought you might be a good show for me to go on. So here we are. Perfect. So he found us even cooler. We don't mind when that happens. So if you're an author <laughs> listening, reach out. We uh we like to find people no one's heard of before, or we haven't heard of at least. I'm sure other people heard of Brian though, because he's like totally memorable. All right. So before <laughs> Not we get in started, a good way. <laughs> uh, everyone has been on the show, has, so obviously you've all answered the religion question. So instead, we're gonna just do one religion question tonight. So. What do you pair with your coffee, tea, or caffeine substitute? Is it pastries, donuts, I don't know, protein bar? Toast. How, how you, toast? I guess Tonight, people do toast. I'm drinking tea like Stabby, and because I like to be healthy, I'm eating licorice. So that's what I'm pairing with. <laughs> are they red vines or Twizzlers? These are Twizzlers. I, I only want the best, although I occasionally eat red vines. But... Yes, um, it's also my kind of my tribute to Monster Mash because this is like the Halloween thing. So I, I had to eat some candy. Absolutely. All right. What about you, Aaron? How do you uh, pair your caffeine? How do I pair my caffeine? Oh, your coffee. Well, your that depends. Oh, my coffee. I was going to say if it's energy drinks, it's usually booze. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, coffee in the morning, that's actually probably my whole breakfast. Um, I can't remember the last time I had anything with coffee, except maybe pancakes okay. um, after a night of energy drinks and food. So. <laughs> I like the infantry spirit inside of you. I'm digging it. <laughs> All right. I've heard uh, if you put Red Bull instead of water in your coffee, it'll give you wings, but I haven't tested I bet. it. Monster we'll give it and vodka. Tomorrow. It's monster and vodka, not tea, because it's monster mash. So I had to have a monster for monster mash. Fair enough. All right. What about you, Isaac? You can be the uh, the sane and non-degenerate one, or you could join us on the dark side. Uh, how about pizza? That works. I'll take it. That's the breakfast of champions right there. Cold leftover pizza from the night before. You can't beat that. That was my college experience in a nutshell. <laughs> What's mine too, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you're poor, right? And they used to have the Domino's where they deliver. You could get like two pizzas for five each, and then you just have leftovers for days. It was perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't but, show up in 15 minutes. It was free. I remember those days before the Rex caused them to change the policy. All right. <laughs> enough. 
I like to pair lately. I've been doing my morning coffee with chocolate covered raisins because they're low calorie, but they hit the sweet tooth. So I don't go over on my diet. It's been working for me. They have a great sale on the members mark brand at Sam's Club if you're a member. They're not sponsoring us or anything. I'm just saying they're good and you should check them out. All right. I'll be back. While Aaron's talking, I'm going to go to Sam's Club. I'll be back. <laughs> All right. You, you won't regret it. You, you introduce him to your lovely bride, and she's going to love you forever. She's going to be like, he's a genius. These are delicious. No, she probably All would. Right. So uh, with that being said, the first question we have to discuss if we're going to talk about monsters is what exactly is a monster? So does anybody want to weigh in, or you want me to jump in with what I found on, uh, on the wikis? Well, I think monsters are uh, – they are some kind of creature – out of our our nightmares and what terrifies us but that doesn't mean they have to be a creature like not human they 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 take all different forms they don't even necessarily have to have to be corporeal they could be a spirit of some kind but to me monsters are related to our darkest fears even though some monsters turn out to be kind okay what about you isaac uh it could be something like uh Mary Shelley uh, wrote Frankenstein, and he 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 created a monster, uh, forever known as the creature. Uh, also, there's H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Uh, his big thing was fear of the unknown. We don't know what it is, but it's but it but it's out there. Uh, you know, and and the thought of uh, uh, all the classic monster movies. Uh, it's a big deal until you find out what it is, and then we realize they didn't have enough enough money for their shoestring budgets to actually make it worth much. <laughs> That's a whole separate issue, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Aaron, do you want to weigh in? Got to add, anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I got to say a lot of that because a lot of times I, um, I explore and I like to explore kind of like ethics and morality and sort of, well, twisted <laughs> ethics and morality. Um, I, uh, I tend to think of monsters like real life monsters. So I would think like actual serial killers um, and or maybe ones that just happen to live maybe, you know, somewhere in this region, um, you know, that manifest themselves. So I guess when I tend to think of monsters, like there's the, you know, um, the vampires and the whatever, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think there are real monsters among us. I think there can be monsters within. You can be your own monster sometimes. Oh, definitely. Been there, done that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but yeah. Well, I mean, I was kidding. Sorry. Okay. Didn't mean to kill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, according I'm to not, I've certainly been my own monster on occasion, not like a. I mean, come on, man. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so according to the wiki, and we'll link to their definition so you can explore, and it's got a bunch of hyperlinks to other monsters. And I mean, okay, cool. you know, it's not scientific, but there's nothing scientific about monsters. So wiki is an acceptable source. But uh, we have a monster is a fictional creature found in horror, fantasy, sci-fi, folklore, mythology, and religion. Uh, they're often depicted as dangerous and aggressive with a strange, grotesque appearance that causes terror and fear. Monsters usually resemble bizarre, deformed, otherworldly, and or mutated animals or entirely unique creatures of varying sizes. But they also take human forms such as mutants, ghosts, spirits, zombies, or cannibals. And cannibals look just like us, people. 
uh, among other things. They may or may not have supernatural powers, but are usually capable of killing or causing some form of destruction, threatening the social and moral order of the human world in the process. And so that's really, in a nutshell, is what it comes down to, is they are a threat to the social order. Monsters are others. They are not us. They, Even when they look like us, they are not. And that's what makes them scary for societal cohesion. Dr. Henry Wu from Jurassic Park said it the best. To a canary, the cat is the monster. We're just used to being the cat. There you go. That's a great monster that's a great is quote. relative. Fair. And there was um I can't remember the movie. Um there was a vampire movie where the guy was a vampire hunter and the vampires kept taking over until he was the last one because he was killing the monsters, and then to the vampires that ruled when they captured him, he was the monster because he was the one that would kill them while they slept. I'm trying to fly. Everybody's the hero of their own story. That's classic, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you remember what that movie or book that it was based on was, you let me know because I want to check it out again with the, with the family. Because there's nothing bonding like watching horror flicks with with your kids. <laughs> Shared trauma, right? Trauma bonding, isn't that what they call it? Trauma bonding, there you go. <laughs> All right. So now that we've established monsters, what is it about monster stories that make them so universal that they transcend, you know, culture, region, religion? There's a universality to them. Why do you think that is? Every culture has their monsters. One of the most interesting things is, you know, you mentioned it earlier. I'm, I'm engaged to a Filipino, and I'm going to have an instant family coming here when they get their visas in January. And 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 as I've wanted to get to know my, my family and their background, I've been studying the culture. It's amazing all the mythology and folklore from the Philippines and all these different monsters. And they have, of course, you know, their version of a vampire and all these guys. But they also have things like we've never, I mean, I've never heard of before. That I mean, they all have unique names, but I mean, just things that are like, you know, insane. These creatures that that you know do all these different things that you know aren't aren't the standard stock universal monsters or something that we've seen. And I think every culture has those kind of things, and that's what makes monsters so universal. Okay, what about you, Aaron? Um, I think they're a part of our humanity. I think they teach us lessons. Um. I think a lot of them have to do with, um, you know, kind of maybe reminding us of our mortality, um, that fear. And, you know, like monsters like Krampus and things like that obviously have a particular agenda. So I think sometimes they're just meant to keep us in line. Okay. Isaac, you got anything to weigh in as I'm showing a couple samples of monsters I could find on the Creative Commons where I didn't get sued for using the images? Um, again, it's fear of the unknown. Uh, apparently what you're showing is cryptids. Uh, uh, the whole thought of uh, MGM Studios and uh, talking about uh, the mummy or, or Frankenstein's monster or Dracula. Uh, are they really going to come out of that coffin? Uh, at funerals, we're just talking, or voices bouncing off of granite tombstones and thinking, are they ever going to come out? Uh, and, you know, imagination taking over and running, running wild with that thought. Uh, we want to be entertained. We want to be scared. It's the same way with uh, hot sauce. Uh, without it, food is just dull but too much uh, and it keeps you up at night. Sort of like that. 
that is a unique analogy, but I will allow it. It was well done. I think I think humanity likes to be scared in general because if you think about it, if you heard a rustle in the in you know go back to our prehistoric caveman days, the one that got afraid when he heard the rustle in the bushes lived to see another day. The one that's like eh, it's nothing, he might have gotten eaten by the insert local carnivore, right? So fear keeps you alive, and so in essence watching things that scare us telling stories that scare us help us you know and get in touch with that more it worked it worked he's here it worked go check make sure your kids well you know i don't know maybe you don't want to check to see if the kid is taking him back too or did they just do a full supply swap no but you bring back Oh, well. All right. So what about you, Scotty? What is it you think that makes horror and, and monsters so universal that everyone loves to fear them? Because every culture has a boogeyman. Every culture has a devil, a Lucifer, a whatever Nick just said that I barely heard through my headphones. <laughs> um, but everybody, everybody, no matter where you are, like you know, uh -oh. you say boogeyman or their version of boogeyman, and you know, people start whispering like, "Oh my god," or like, "Oh dear God, protect me," or "Knock on wood," or this, that, or the other. Everybody has one, and I think that's what makes it so universal, and it gives you that adrenaline dump. And so, watching it on TV is a, a more healthy way of you know, exploring that without actually being in danger. So when it comes to, to monsters, I think that's really the only way I can explain my fascination with it is that it doesn't matter where you are in the world. There's somebody's got a monster. Okay. I, I can see that. So does everybody have a favorite monster? Uh, lately, I'm very fascinated by the Aswang. That's what I've been showing you here. This is a little uh, pop made in the Philippines of the Aswang. The Aswang feeds on uh, fetuses, so oh. it it attacks pregnant women, sucks them, sucks their fetus out, and then and sucks all the blood out. And uh, I saw that it's on a Supernatural. Monster. It's it's very very ugly. Yeah, I saw that well, on I Supernatural. Tease, I always tease. I always tease my daughter that every time she she wants to bring home a new boy, I'm like. All I see is this. That's all I see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So what about you, Aaron? Do you have a favorite? Um, I would have to say, like, because I had to do some uh, research to learn more about succubus and uh, incubus, um, they kind of became my favorite. They're kind of like, I, well, they don't technically actually have to kill people. So they can just be like really cool, like sex demons. So that's, so that's awesome. And then the killing thing can just, you know, be inconvenient or convenient. So I actually kind of, uh, yeah, I, I kind of fell in love with my own um, sex demon. <laughs> I was learning about it. But, um, like, when I was a kid, like, my favorite, like, type of monster stuff was always, um, was always probably zombies, if those count. Yeah, um, zombies are definitely monsters. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, you might know that guy. Um, what about you, Isaac? Do you have a favorite? Um, honestly, I like the ones that in general are sort of not... It's like they are, but they aren't. Uh, monsters that hunt under the, mo the monsters. Uh, okay. Go on. Uh, Godzilla uh, and Blade and... Okay. Uh, vampire hunters uh, that are not fully human, but not fully vampire, uh, or or not even vampire, but but something else. Uh, uh, okay. I like the ones that are not fully evil, but not you know they they're not exactly they have their own problems. Uh, okay, I do a lot of research. Uh, I go through a lot of uh, mythology and uh, do a lot of studying. I don't really have a favorite per se because uh, they all kind of have their own problems and weaknesses. Uh, okay. Um, what about you? Well, Brian already answered, Aaron. Stabby, do you have a favorite? Beetlejuice. <laughs> I love all the monsters in Beetlejuice and it kind of like sums up what I was trying to say about monsters in the first place. This is my story. That's his story. That's their story. And they're all very personal. And it just kind of really, you know, that movie just kind of summed it up for me that and like everybody was so scared of the sandworm and he was just out in the sand doing his own thing. He's like, y'all just came into my house. <laughs> so, I always loved Beetlejuice. It's got the perfect amount of funny and sweet and scary all wrapped up together. That it just, it was like the perfect movie. So, yeah, it'll always be Beetlejuice. One interesting bit of a... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Stevie. Go ahead. I was just saying that little bit of adult humor in, too, in there, too, with the girls, girls, girls. Come on. Okay. You made me think about the Adams family because that's one of the interesting iterations of monsters. The Adams family, you know, they're a, they were started out as a sitcom, and of course, there's been movies more recently. But the Adams family is about basically a group of monsters that are like a family almost, and uh, and uh, for them, life is normal. There's nothing frightening about monsters. They enjoy the the fear of other people. So it's kind of an interesting take on it, and that shows that perspective you were talking about how. They all have their own story, and they've all kind of, you know, they're, they're the good guys kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's very personal. <laughs> Nick, do you have a favorite um, a favorite monster? Uh, I've always liked werewolves. Um, I just thought, I thought they were really cool. It's like, oh, man, you be this weak little kid, and then, like, you start. I think uh, American Werewolf from London has kind of just sold me on that monster. That's a great, um, yeah. John Landis, you know, Rick Baker, just amazing team. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the werewolf. Okay. I like the werewolf, too. My favorite version of it was, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was about a vampire, a ghost, and a werewolf that lived in a house together. Yeah, almost human. Almost human. Yeah, that was the way they portrayed it. And, like, it showed him, you know, when he was a werewolf, he was – um, like out of control, but he hated not being in control. And it's kind of that hybrid of humanity and the monster side. I think yeah. 
And then they, they showed the like where the guy that turned him was an example of if you let yourself become fully monster, like you you kind of lose yourself. Yeah. And so it's that dichotomy of yes, you're a monster, but you know you're trying to not be a monster. That really, a really good that. show. Um, they showed that I, in Beetlejuice too. Yeah, they I like that they start out as a sweet couple, and they realize that they're dead. And then they try the, the sheets and then they try to hire somebody and then till they can finally stretch their own face. It's a good movie. I, to me, that was a little more farcical than scary. I liked, um, there's a movie and I'm Nick's going to remember the name of it where these uh, British uh, military people were in the woods and they were hunting. I think it's Dogman. Is that it? And they start getting hunted by werewolves. Oh, uh, war dogs. War Dogs, yeah. That's another good one. I like it where the werewolves are, are kind of vicious and fierce because they are animal. Um, that's always interesting. And then to see, like I said, that dichotomy of their human side when they're not shifted. Um, so I enjoy that. I, I enjoy a good vampire story. I don't like the sparkly good guy vampires because to me, like, they should always be evil. Um, yeah. I mean, and if you consider where the lore came from with um, its roots in Romania, like... I don't know the idea of them just the lovable good guys. I just never really got into. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's 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 kind of an interesting fantasy to make such creatures that really are based in horror and, you know, in, at their at their core and their origin, horrifying, into some kind of a, a fantasy of a good guy. You know, uh, the, but they have that. You know, they got all the 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 erotic monster. Fa- I mean, I've even seen zombie erotica. I mean, seriously. You know, I wow. mean. Who, who, uh, hey, you know, who wants to be, you know, uh, making love and, oh, oh, oops, I, I think I have your hand in my, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Don't judge me, all right? I had to pay for my first editing job right. somewhere. Your head fell off, man. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's it's interesting the things that people kind of uh, decide are their, uh, you know, uh, ways of dealing with fear and, and bringing into their life in a way that that maybe diffuses it a little bit and and some of that goes on with those kind of things and some of it is just people that 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 fall in love with monsters i mean i have a person you guys know i did predator the one of the predator fans literally she thinks she's had i think she's had bad experiences with men which you know is not unheard of of course and um she's like in love with the yaucha she's like if i yaucha is my perfect man if i can marry a yaucha I would marry Yaucha is the uh, alien name for the predator. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know, so well, he brings I, home the bacon. Yeah, well, exactly. So, you know, yeah, works I'm hard. Just like, yeah, I just can't imagine you making out with a with a creature like that. But okay, all right, whatever. But that's that's a safety thing for her, and um, how, you know, so how would that work? It, it, how would that work? I, I, I maybe they can touch. I'm thinking of the logistics of it, and I'm like. I work? just don't know if this is that kind of show. That's why I didn't say it. It is not that kind of show. Uh, <laughs> That's when we go back into the green room afterwards. Yeah, yeah. After the show, after we're done recording. After the show. Um, so, Aaron, I understand you got a hard out, but what made you, when you started writing Monsters, you said Succubus was the what you researched, so that became your favorite because you, you kind of dove deep into the world of that. But what made you start there as the monster to research for your book? When there's so many. Um. So uh, the the name of the book um, put up by Hellbound is called uh, Colleen, and it actually um, came about through a conversation with a friend of mine who may or may not have the same name. And um, it, we were kind of joking around, and it got kind of funky. And then I 
Um, I actually, the idea for the book actually started out as a ghost, but they sort of developed this not so platonic relationship. And so that ended up, um, it, it just, it sort of, what I wanted the story to become, it just, it needed a sex demon, um, a well-meaning, like well-intended, intended type type person. So, so it's sort of like one sort of followed the other. Like I didn't, I didn't intend to write a book um, about a succubus. It's just sort of how it worked out. <laughs> Hopefully my friend's not freaking out. <laughs> so, um, but that I, uh, but yeah, so it, it wasn't, um, it, yeah, it was kind of an accident. It wasn't on purpose. So. Okay. So I know you have a heart out, um, but what are you writing now? And then how can listeners find you? And then we'll let you bounce and we'll have to have you back where we've got more time. Um, sorry about that miscommunication. Oh, no worries. I, um, I had kind of taken just a tad bit of a hiatus on starting new projects. Um, but um, I definitely have some, have had some recent inspiration. So whatever it is, it's, it's there's going to be a lot of, um, murdery stuff i think so maybe i'll try stabbing you know i i don't think i've actually i don't think i've actually stabbed anybody in a book yet so maybe a little homage and, yeah you're, you're due uh, i you think know. you got to make yeah like i mean scene, though, seems like it would be fun well. nice and personal you i know? think so you got to make sure you do the noises when you when you um write the scene as you're typing you'd be like wee, 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 and do the stabbing usually i'm laughing which i think is i don't know that could be maybe getting back to the whole monsters inside Thing. Yeah, yeah. Usually, usually it's funny. <laughs> if I can help it, I, I laugh when I. If I can throw in a Slayer reference on top of it, it's even better. Like Demon Slayer or the Band Slayer. Oh, the Band Slayer. Outstanding, Nick. She gets to come back with that kind of musical taste. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thank you for for coming with us for just the, the short part of the show that you were able to make, and uh, we will see you again because uh, you were a lot awesome. of fun. And we're thank gonna... you so much for being here. Absolutely. They're letting me be here. All right. Uh, next, Nick was nice enough to sponsor the show because this is the last day you can sub not subscribe. You can back his Fund My Comic. See, I can speak. I promise. <laughs> All right. Let's air that beautiful bean movie stuff. Don't sue me, Bush. Oh, sorry. I was really and for those of you that were listening, um, that was a bunch of beautiful art from Nick's Bengali. We will link it in the show notes. You can go to the Fund My Comics today, and you've got 24 hours left to back it. 
Um, and I am going to keep nagging him, and I will get Stabby involved in the nagging until he does a voiceover. So you uh-huh. and Audio Land can understand what the heck we're doing with that commercial. What is going on? In the meantime, you had some amazing musical interlude where you could like get your popcorn or, you know, in honor of Halloween, your candy. And it doesn't count calorically on Halloween. I, I'm told by my nutritionist that it just doesn't count today. So here's the trick. I send the kid out trick-or-treating. He's like, I'm too old. I'm like, if you don't go trick-or-treating and you don't bring home the mom tags, you don't come inside the house tonight. <laughs> wow. Wow. The mom tax has to come home. Oh. I don't care how you get it, but the Reese's Cups come home. <laughs> the mom tax. I'm going to remember that when I take my kids, my teenagers have never yeah. been trick-or-treating. i got to take them, so I'll remember yeah, that. The, the dad tax, it, it worked. And you okay. can use it to uh, to teach them about the evils of communism. by As you split it out, you're like, yeah, I know your dad didn't go with you or whoever, insert somebody. But he should be entitled too, and then you give away more of their candy, and you teach them why communism is bad because America, <laughs> which is really just a covert excuse to steal more off the top, and right. give them less sugar. You have to demonstrate the principles while you teach. Absolutely, and if you eat it in front of them, bonus points. If you don't think this works, Caden does not eat Reese's peanut butter cups at all. I'll throw them out a you, window. You know. You know. My mother was the one that we used to fight over the candy when we get candy, at, like when we go through the drive-thru at the bank, back in the day when they actually gave you candy. And uh, so my mother would just eat it in front of us. <laughs> it teaches oh. valuable lessons. And my mother is mom- my monster. She's my monster. <laughs> my, my mom would take us to Olive Garden, and remember they would give you the little Andes candies, the little mint chocolate ones? Yeah, yeah. Told me that they were grown-up candy and we weren't allowed to eat them. Oh, really? Wow. Wow, man. <laughs> so that's a that's a perfect uh, poll question for you, uh, or engagement, because technically the poll is going to be about monsters. But what is your favorite Halloween candy? We're going to we're going to ask everyone that, too, before we jump back into monsters. So, Nick, we all know Stabby's is clearly the Reese's Pieces. Um, but, Nick, what is your favorite candy? Uh, it's a toss-up between Reese's Pieces and whatchamacallits. Okay. Oh, wait. Never mind. It's a three-way tie. It's those two and then um, Cherry Sours. Okay. Okay. But what I got to have it with a 7-Up. Uh, it's somewhere between uh, Peanut Butter Cups and Snickers Bars and Twix. Uh, also, uh, Kit Kats. I like Kit Kats. Okay. Uh, anything that can freeze well. When you're, I oh, that's right. In the I like three. I like where your head's at. See, this is the adult version. And the pro tip: go the day after Halloween, and everything's on sale. That's right. Yeah. So I have to tell you this because you brought it up earlier, and I was going to tell you. Um, at Costco, I found this giant bag, and they look like raisinets, but they're dark chocolate on the outside. And they are Girl Scout Thin Mate cookies on the inside. Oh, good God. Oh, for God's sake. They're raisin, they're raisinette size. So you can just like eat a handful of them. Oh, my like, God. Who's going to eat a coffee and start selling crack? And I, fr- I, there, I have that big old bag taking up half of the freezer because it's so freaking worth it. And you just go in and you just take. Let me buy those. A handful. Oh my god! Before you left. I feel like we're gonna have to do a drug intervention now for the Garber household 
Madam Stabby just got them all hooked on crack. So, like, what is the methadone for that? Is it like Reese's Kit Kats or Twizzlers or something? It's Klondike bars. It's Klondike, Klondike bars. <laughs> All right. What about you, Brian? What is your uh, your candy of choice for Halloween? You know, it's tough. I've been thinking, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I really do like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups a lot, and I like Butterfinger. But honestly, because of the time of year and its availability, I'm going to be the real monster and say, I love me some candy corn. I love Oh, me I love candy, candy corn, too. Corn. Yeah. So You're when somebody candy brings up the candy corn and says, yuck, I'm like, give me the damn candy corn. I will eat it. Um, go visit my TikTok. You'll see me properly use candy corn as I dump it into the garbage. Oh, oh, I especially like the little pumpkins. I just ate a whole bag of those yesterday. Anyway. <laughs> they taste oh. like wax. No, they don't. You shut your lying mouth. They taste like wax. They don't taste like wax. They taste like sugar. That's what they are. Nothing but sugar. Yeah, sugar. All right, so for me, uh, if we're talking all right, just... All right, all right, Stabby, next time you see some... Next time you see some, I want you to put them on your legs and see if you can pull your hairs out. If they work for that, then I'll agree with you. <laughs> there works. And I actually have a wax melter, and I will prove that I can do that. So <laughs> That will be an interesting show coming through the podcast. Well, you'll love it. It'll be okay. So her legs will be extra sugary. <laughs> uh, well, now we know where the next baby Hold is on. from. Isaac was going to say something. I heard him. Can't voice speak, damn it. <laughs> The candy corns are shaped like they can be shaped like teeth. You can put them between under between like your upper lip and your gums, and they can be like fangs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So for me, I'm gonna say uh, if we're talking just seasonally specific, I'm definitely a fan of the candy corn. If you're asking me just on a regular basis, it's a tie between Twizzlers, Kit Kats, and Mike and Ike's. But the original, none of that newfangled weirdness. I will allow sour Mike and Ike's. But not like the the tropical that tastes like I don't know garbage, pure garbage. Fight me. Uh, but the original Mike and Ike's, mm, I could I could down boxes of those. You like black but, black licorice, don't you? No, I do not. That is sinful. It's criminal. Uh, that, that is right is pineapple and pizza in the form of heresy that I will not allow. <laughs> the only people that will eat black licorice are obviously people who clearly are the undead. Right. If you like Mike and Ike's, then you like Good and Plenty. And no, I, I don't like Good and Plenty. No, they taste different. different. Tastes. They're totally different. Yeah, one's fruity and one totally makes you yeah. want to question your life choices. <laughs> yeah, I, I have think, to admit, I also have a thing for Skittles. Skittles are my Skittles are my Skittles. little. Uh, uh, yeah, Skittles. I can eat so many. Ooh, oh my and God, Reese's Pieces. Skittles oh. and Reese's. See, this is why I'm a fat ass. It's got to work in the recovery program to lose weight. So Nick actually found the most amazing um, candy, and it is a Reese's peanut butter cup with Reese's cup. pieces inside it. Oh my goodness! Shut up! I'm oh yes, I saw that. I gotta try that. Oh, it sounds oh, so good. Amazing. Oh, all right. So good. Oh, I'm like, so why is there only one pack here? <laughs> I end up eating the whole. God, you know they're just—they just legalized crack. That's what they've done. <laughs> They've legalized crack. That's that's what it is. We we started that's... questioning Reese's for a minute there because they were putting potato chips in them. They were putting uh, pretzels, Ooh, cereal. Why would you put 
potato chips. I'll tell you what. You want to see a monster, you bring home some of that my favorite candies and don't share them with me. You'll see a monster. That's, 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 all, that's, all. <laughs> so that's a good segue to get us back to monsters. We have covered the hand, uh, Halloween topic of candy. Uh, so now you can weigh in on the on the platforms where we share. Reach out to us on Twitter. Reach out to Madam Stabby Stab. Communicate with us what you like. We enjoy the engagement. But now we're back to monsters. So what makes a good or a bad – like? Monsters exist, right? So what makes one good as in enjoyable uh, and one bad as in like, oh, my God, they, this is horrible. Don't do it. <laughs> Gabby, you asked the question. I stole this from I'm your notes. I'm still thinking so. about candy. All I want to say Did is – Did you say no. what makes a monster good and what makes a monster yeah. bad? Yeah, like not yeah. as in qualitative like a good guy versus a bad guy, but more well done versus not well done. Okay, gotcha. I was like gonna a say sweet monster they versus said, a shit monster. They said Frankenstein was bad, but he played with the flowers with the little girl, and he didn't hurt the little girl. So I mean, just because you bad guy doesn't mean you bad guy. But like if we're talking, if we're talking, you know, a a decently made monster versus a crap monster. Ha! Ah, that just gave me an idea. It's already a thing. It's called the Gogolith. Uh, yeah, Gogolith in Dogma. The shit monster. <laughs> it <All> was <right>. awesome. <laughs> it all depends on perspective, but I'll tell you this. I'll admit this, even though I've written stories and I work with uh, Jonathan Mayberry, who writes a lot of them. Zombies are kind of, uh, sometimes zombies are on my crap list. I think zombies can be really well done and they can just be silly. And uh, um, I love what things like Mayberry and them do with it, with the whole plague and things like that. But sometimes the zombies for me, I just laugh them off and be like, yeah, that's never going to happen, right? Uh, so, I mean, it, I think for me, the thought that goes into it is the is what I'm saying is the answer to the question. If it's well conceived and it's not just some stereotype, and there's something fresh, something new going on there. That 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 intrigues me. Monsters where I can see a new aspect um, regularly. That's that's really what keeps me hooked. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like The Last of Us, that was a unique take on uh, on zombies. Right. So uh, speaking of zombies that are unique, we, James and I actually, James Ward and I wrote a short story together for a, a paladin anthology that um, New Mythology Press put out. We liked it so much we don't even care if they reject it because it's still going to get published. It's that much fun. Um, but when we did the, uh, the anthology, when we were building that, that vampire world, we started thinking about the, uh, the undead, the zombies that were in the other world because we started talking about monsters in general, um, which is perfect timing for this episode. And we created our own zombies where the idea was when the necromancer pulls them up, they have a life cycle of as they're slowly rotting away and you set up stages. So that way you can have both the fast and the slow zombies and the almost rotted away zombies all in the same life cycle. Um, because otherwise, like, you'd have to pick between one or the other and they all are fun. So why choose? I don't, I don't think it's probably that unique to have them all, but to have them all linked as a cycle, I don't think I've ever seen before. Well, you're talking about vampires. In that case, you want a crappy vampire. They sparkle like diamonds. This is I mean, like we all laugh at them. So sparkly vampires are laughed at much like Nickelback is laughed at, but lots of people bought their records and they made a bunch of money. So well, it's true, but, you know, I mean, there are that's one of the things, like when you're, like I'm an editor, so I read a lot of submissions. And, and, and you will see zombie stories and vampire stories and these kind of things often get put on the list of things we don't want to see. And the reason that we don't want to see is because so much what comes in are the crappy vampires or 
the crappy zombies where nobody's put any thought into it. They've just regurgitated the same old thing over and over again. So I think there's nothing wrong with having a passion for those. But if you're going to write those, that's one of the things. If you're creating them, do something with it. Don't just rehash the same old thing. Try to find some unique angle. And so I think that's that's the thing that um, is challenging with monsters sometimes is it's all been done before. What can you come up with that gives it a unique spin? You know, that's why I like that. What was that movie that um, I don't remember the name of it, but what's his name? Um, yeah, what's his name? I'm real helpful. The guy, <laughs> the guy who is the, the British actor that he's in the new Star Trek movies and he made a zombie comedy and it was, you know, it was fresh because it was a it was a different take. Um, God, I wish, why am I blanking on his name? But you know what I'm talking about, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll just shut up now and go find out. I'll go do my little research while you uh, you talk about other things that are, you actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so what about you, Isaac? What do you think makes a good versus um, bad monster? We're talking qualitative in the writing of, or in the portrayal as opposed to like serving a good cause or serving a bad cause. Um, often often sometimes they just can't help it. Uh, uh, often sometimes they just can't help it. Uh, uh, and now I'm recording myself. And now I'm uh, recording myself. Uh, isn't it go? Isn't it go? Uh, uh. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Your speak your headphone probably came un your unplugged. Speak, your headphone probably came un unplugged. unplugged. No, my headphones just fine. No, my headphones just fine. Uh, uh. Simon Pegg, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. I have seen that. That is an amazing movie. Shaun of the Dead. I have seen that. That is an amazing movie. Simon Pegg. That's the one I was talking about. Simon Pegg, Shaun of the, Shaun of the Dead. Sorry about that. Anyway, go ahead. I I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, uh, Isaac, go ahead. Uh, well, the thought is. Uh, uh, well, the thought is. Uh, a lot of the time, a lot the of the time, sometimes can't help. Sometimes can't help being aggressive. Being aggressive. I don't know why we're. Arguing. I don't know why we're arguing. There's an echo. There's an echo. Okay. Well, while you figure that out real quick, we're gonna let Nick chime in, um, or or Brian, if you got something out. But Nick, what do you think? Because you haven't answered yet. What do you think makes good, bad, or indifferent monsters? Um, I because. I'm a comic book guy, so like the design of the character, the design of the monster, how that thing looks. Um, it's been like a ton of Frankenstein movies, and all of them have had a unique perspective and and way they approached in designing the monster. Uh, so those are always cool. Werewolves, um, some of them are like actual wolves. Some of them stand up on their hind legs or they're super beefy. Um, so character design, the look of the monster, definitely... Yeah, so I'm, I mean, design, the look of the monster. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, there was a pause. Go ahead. No, that was an echo. You were hearing um, Isaac echo. We muted it. Oh, okay. No, that yeah, was so, an echo. You were. So, oh, okay. I was just gonna say. I mean, uh, I remember back in in the uh, I don't know if it was the 80s or the 90s when Anne Rice first came out with Interview with a Vampire, and her vampire. So she also wrote a really great werewolf ser werewolf series and 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 the Mummy series, and. Uh, what I loved about those, they were they were like they worked on a different level. 
It's kind of the same thing as why True Blood became so popular. They took the old thing and did something new with it that was really interesting. And for me, part of that is 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 the you know what you get to do with the movies and, and the cart and the comic books and stuff is you get to design a new look. And sometimes you like it, like the new Predator. A lot of people aren't aren't as fond of the new Predator from Prey as they are some of the older designs. But they t- they t- to their credit, they reinvented the monster. They came up with a totally unique look that looked enough like it that you knew what it was, but at the same time, it was something all new. I think you know that I agree with Nick on that. I think I think that's part of the fun is seeing a, not only the different takes on their behavior, but their looks and their different features and how they function and their relation to humans or being human. Okay. Okay. Um, um, uh-huh. What the hell is this? <laughs> this sounds crazy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I like the Predator and Prey. I thought he was cool. I, I don't know what the nickname for that particular pre- <clears throat> Predator was, but I just called him Savage Predator. Um, but he was huge. He was menacing. He had the, the bone mask, which I thought was, because I'd never seen that in a Predator movie or comic book. He just had, I mean, they have bones and skulls on them, but like his mask was like, look like bone and uh, yeah it was really cool you know I, I love that design it's probably one of my favorite predator designs be you know outside of the original one the ancient okay well i mean i don't know there's different names for it but he's one of the ancient yeah the ancient uh because his he, he was a predecessor to the to the what we call our our more recent predators, and he was kind of the the prehistoric kind of predator. Predators, in part, you know, uh, that yeah, was yeah. kind of that's kind of what they call him. Uh, he's kind of the the predecessor. Stabby, do you have anything to add? What you think makes a good or bad um, monster? And I know Nick's going to have to mute, so you can unmute. Um. I think when it comes to good and bad monster, it really comes down to the writing. I think that's what it really comes down to because you can have a great special, uh, special effects team. You can have all of the budget for, you know, makeup artists and SFX and everything like that. But if you have crappy writing and you have a zombie walking out going, no, then it's going to be shit. You know, I want to be, if I'm watching a scary movie and I know it's supposed to be scary, I want it to be scary. If it's supposed to be, uh, comedy, then I want to be able to laugh, but I don't want to laugh when it's supposed to be scary. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So speaking of scary, what do you think is the scariest monster? And uh, we're going to let um, Isaac try, see if we got the settings fixed. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. There's no echo. Okay. Uh, the sc- Scariest monster for you. It's obviously subjective for me. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, The ones that are really violent. Uh, 
just kind of gross me out, but they don't really scare me. Um, so the slashers are out. Uh, it's still going to have to be the fear of the unknown. Uh, where I don't know what they are, but but they're out there. And sort of like uh, the, the classic horror. Uh, the, like uh, There's this one movie, I can't remember what it is, but it's like this thing in the well. And it's busy uh, doing its its crying thing and uh, moaning and groaning, and we don't know what it is. And uh, they never show it. They never show what it is. And uh, it's one of those frustrating things. I don't know what it is. So you would say it's not so much any one monster that does it for you that makes it the scariest. It's when something is going on and you don't know yet what it is. So the mystery is what scares you more than the monster. Yes. Okay. That's fair. That's a valid. There's a lot of people that would say... There's a lot of people that would say that that's the problem with some of the old classic monsters is they were scary right up until you saw the bad special effects from the you know 50s, 60s, and 70s. Because the unknown was scarier, but that required, like, if you're looking purely from a audiovisual, it required better method acting and better um, delivery. I think modern actors have gotten lazy with green screens. Uh, in fiction, I think you can still keep the mystery, but I, I, I can see why that would be scary. What about you, Brian? What is scares you the most when it comes to monsters? monsters. I'm terrified more by things like Jaws. I mean, the shark, man. I mean, something that I could actually encounter scares me more. And part of that is because I grew up the son of a physician who trained paramedics. So from the time I was walking, uh, we would go to the scene of accidents and I saw decapitations and Russian roulette and all kinds of horrifying things that were real horror and really made me think. You know, a kid my age with uh, third degree burns over 75% of his body. Oh my God, you know? That's the stuff that scares me. So I know, you know, like when I when I first saw Jaws, man, it took me years before I would ever go in the ocean. I was terrified of something like that. And still, I don't understand these people that want to go swim with the sharks and don't and aren't in a cage. <laughs> uh, I see stuff about it all the time that they're they're offering these excursions now, and they do it in the Philippines with treasure sharks. And I'm just like, no freaking way, man! I'm staying in the boat, you know. So that's what scares me more is the stuff that that has the immediate possibility that, you know, it could actually happen. Okay. What about yeah, you? Nick? Those crazy what you the most? With sharks? Um, there's a whole bunch of them. Like it, when that first, that mini series on, I think it was on ABC. It came out. That scared the crap out of me, especially towards the end. Um, Cause it, it was a spider. He was a giant spider. And that terrified the hell out of me because I didn't really care for spiders. They used to scare me. Um, Jaws was definitely shit. I was seeing it in the swimming pool, clear water, and I would um, my brain would just project a great white shark into the pool with me. And it, it was, was dumb. dumb. Yeah, you know, I thought of another one actually. You know, arachnophobia. I couldn't even finish that movie. Me either. Could, couldn't even finish it. It scared the crap out of me. And the scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark with the snakes barely made it through those too. Those I would I, I it, you know <laughs> when I get a snake in my garage and I occasionally do, I'll just leave the garage door open a crack and I'm out of there. I hope that, that thing crawls out soon because I, I, I I'll stay at home for a few days. I don't want to go in my car. 
Asps, very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, what about you, Stabby Stab? I think with me, um, so I can give you three examples and there's there's reasoning behind them. So John scared me because I actually have, I can never remember what it's called. It's, an, it's a legit phobia, but um, I'm scared of not knowing what's under me. So I don't go too far out into the ocean because I'm scared of not knowing what's under me. I go chest deep and that's as far as I go. Nick wants to go out and play in the freaking waves, go because I, I'm not going that far out. Um, I've seen people get stung by stingrays, bitten by sharks, um, stung by jellyfish, and all that stuff freaks me out. So I don't go that far out. And so Jaws did freak me out. Um, I'm, <laughs> I was raised Catholic. So watching the Conjuring universe, I was okay until the nun showed up. I have not walked out of a horror movie in a very, very, very long time. And the first time I saw um, the nun show up in The Conjuring 2, I stood up and I walked out of the theater because that was all of that Catholic training telling me, nope, 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 this is, this is wrong. Don't watch this. You don't need this. And it was just seeing those Sunday school nuns coming back into my life with their metal ruler. I was not Angry virgins wearing wool year round. Yes, that's scary. That is scary. I'm just saying, Sister Mary Catherine, there's a touch of the devil in that woman. I was so scared. I had not used the word blasphemous in uh, over a decade at that point and i was like oh my god this is so freaking blasphemous i gotta go and i walked out and it took me almost six months before i finally sat down and was like okay you can get through this marissa i'm in recovery now <laughs> the nun freaked me out but just in life and this kind of brings us back to the whole cat and canary conversation um of you know to a canary, a cat is a monster. But to me, it's a bee. Bees are monsters. I cannot, I will not, I freeze. I am absolutely terrified of bees, but I also know the reaction that I have to bees. So in my life, bees are the absolute most terrifying thing ever. Fair. And I live in Southern California. So you get you get the chance of the killer bees every once in a while, huh? Lovely. And fire fire they're all, they're all, well, I mean, they're, they're all killer bees to me. To me. Oh, right, right, right. But that's I mean, I'm just saying uh, something worse, you know. <laughs> all right. So first off, we have to apologize for the technical glitches. We just got an email. It is not us. It is Streamyards having some growing pain. They are the platform we used to record on. They are working on it. So we appreciate your patience through those uh, technical glitches. And uh, there's not a lot we can do about that because I don't write code. I'm not a monkey trained to do those things. And uh, yeah, Nick, Nick that's what, you. what you you don't do that stuff? What what is your purpose on the show, Jer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I will say, um, for me, the scariest monsters. It's partly that touch of the unknown. It's the monsters that can blend in and look just like us until they don't. 
Um, so, you know, think like shifters and I'm sure there are other, you know, glamour type monsters that will for briefly will look human. Like that's what scares me the most. It's that uncanny Valley. I think that does it for me. It's the same reason. Some of the cloning stuff freaks people out and some of the robotics freak you out. It's that uncanny. Not quite there. there. And Nick, Nick, uh, uh, skinwalkers. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot. Of, I was talking earlier about the Filipino monsters, and there's a lot of that in that folklore. The, the a lot of the, you know, you the person next to you could be a monster at any time. They could just change form. That's a huge part of the folklore, and uh, it is scary. By the way, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, guys, there's a show called Trazy, and Trazy is a a show about monster hunters that live in the Philippines. It's written by a couple friends of mine, and uh, there's graphic novel series about it, and they're all facing all these different kind of monsters. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a anime show that they put on um, on Netflix. It's pretty cool. See, this is the problem with the streamyards being stupid because now we all have to remember to unmute. So there's these uncomfortable pauses that I'm just too lazy to edit out because we could, but you know that's too much work. Uh, they don't pay us enough. But uh, all right, so we've talked about what scares us, the good, the bad, and the ugly about monsters. Which monsters have we used in our own work? And we're going to start with Nick. So uh, you, I'm going to mute myself, and you can tell us what monsters you've used, and then we'll go around the room. Uh, monsters that I've used. For the comic book side, I've used demons. Are we counting demons as monsters? It could be. Okay. Well, it takes physical form, so I'm going to count it as a monster. Um, so I've used demons, I've used zombies, um, uh, vampires, um, uh, vampires, what else? Werewolves. So I've, I've used a lot of them. I haven't done a Frankenstein yet, you know, like a, a gestalt human, but, uh, I'd like to, I think that'd be fun, but right now it's just like, kind of like the. The uh, the demon, and that's Bengali. Bengali is a demon. That's why he's called his nickname in the press. It, when it, the demon of San Diego strikes again, because uh, he, you know, helped a little lady who was getting mugged, <laughs> and he probably went a little too violent with it. But yeah, those are the ones I've been using. All right, what about you, Isaac? I tend to do a, a mashup of monsters in my writing. Uh, I've I've done undead things. Uh, I put my own spin on vampires before, uh, where they had shark teeth or they bled mud and smelled like mud. Uh, I've I've researched uh, Dorogumo. Is that what that how you pronounce it? Uh, they're like spiders that take on sort of like a, a, a a deity type thing over time, uh, but they're shape shifting spiders. Uh, I've even uh, made it where what if what if vampires derive from spiders instead of bats? Uh, I've used uh, I've worked with uh, wrote, written in uh, Dijin, uh genies gone bad uh, and various alien monsters, but mostly spiders. Burn the house down when it gets a spider. It's the only way to be sure. Or, or nuke it from orbit. That's acceptable. All right. What about you, Brian? Well, I've done 
Predator and Alien. So I've done the Xenomorph Yaucha thing. Um, I've done, I'm trying to remember, I did Monster Hunter Files with, with Larry uh, Korea, and I don't remember what monsters we used in that. It's been a while. I need to think back. I, I think we had Werewolf for sure, because we did something where it was the, the it was related to his original character's backstory. But I'm trying to remember if there, there was, I know there was other monsters. I think you used some orcs in there as well. Um, so I've used those. I have written zombies because I've written with Mayberry on some stuff. And um, I have, let's see, I've never done werewolves, but I really do like werewolves. And I really should do something at some point with that. But uh, X-Files, uh, the monsters we wrote about there were were kind of a, they could have been aliens or they could have been people. We didn't know. The, the women were getting slashed and disappearing. So mysterious monsters or monsters, you know, those kind that you never really know what the monster is, but you know it's it's very real. Uh, something I've, I've used as well in my stories. Um, I did uh, recently, my most recent story, which is coming out in November in Joe Ledger Unbreakable, the new Joe Ledger anthology with Mayberry, is actually a story about an Aswang and about two two cops that team up with uh, uh, Echo Team, which is Joe Ledger's team that, that Mayberry has invented, and uh, and they have to hunt Aswongs hunting pregnant women in Kansas City. So that that I've used that monster. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a few, um, and I've had stories that don't have any. So it, it's, it's uh, those are the main ones, I think. Okay, um, so for me, I've definitely I've done the vampires and werewolves because I did the um, the paladin story for for new mythology that I mentioned. Um, I've used lots of the D and D monster manual and just changed the name a little bit or gone back to the roots they stole from because everything they used mostly came from myth, lore, and, and legend. Um, so I, I you know use that. Um, I've been known to roll a dice uh, or a, a random generator to get the page number, and then I use whatever monsters on that page just to keep me um, creative. Um, let's see. Um, I am I working agree. on a series where someone gets sort of sucked into a D&D game uh, that uh, James played in his youth. Uh, so the main character is him, but not him, but cooler than him kind of thing. And so obviously all of the the tropes, the gen and all of that from, from you know, the D&D type RPG lore. And finally, I've, uh, I've used, I don't know if we count the ancient gods as monsters because sometimes they were horrific well you also you don't forget your yeti erotica yeah (laughs) under a pen name people all right and so because we're probably going to drive ourselves bonkers with this um this editing uh audio fiasco we've got going on right now we've hit the hour mark we're going to let um Isaac and Brian, tell us what they're working on and how you can find them. And we're going to wrap this puppy up. And Oh, oh, Stabby's got something. Wait, really quick. I was reading in the side thing that Isaac was talking about the Wendigo. And it reminded me, um, my stepdaughters had me watching um, uh, Vampire Diaries and the originals and legacies. And it's all about uh, hybrids and hybrids of... um, vampires and werewolves and witches and it's like starts in new orleans and then starts spreading out across the world but one of the things that they say throughout all three spinoffs was it's never a wendigo <laughs> and that's all I'm I'm totally now. you know i i really thought that stabby would say that her worst 
nightmare of a monster would be a some monster or alien that eats all the Reese's. You know, it comes to the earth and and there's no more Reese's peanut butter cups. You know. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I took from that? It's never the Spanish Inquisition. No one ever expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> exactly. All right. I was, I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Not much scares me and not much shocks me. Like, I'm so desensitized, it's not even funny. So, like, aliens, we have Area 51. Monsters, we have skinwalkers. Like it's it's Vegas. We're in the middle of a bowl in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there in about two weeks. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leave this trip to see it. Okay. Um, fair, fair. One of the books that I recommend. It's uh, I found it um, through Raven's Discord. Recommended it. So it's called. The Encyclopedia of Vampires, Werewolves, and Other Monsters by Rosemary Ellen Gilly. And she basically um, took all of the um, the lore from across the globe and she sort of made it into um, one complete manual that you can look at. So I am going to throw that up on the screen, the cover for that. And um, you can check it out. I'll link it in the show notes as well. Um, oh, sorry. sorry. Jonathan Jonathan Mayberry is a monster expert. He actually wrote a book, uh, a couple, it's been a while now since he wrote it, but he wrote a, a book about monsters that uh, kind of gives the history of monsters. That's a really fascinating, if you ever get a chance to hear him do his monster talk, I, it's well worth it. But um, that's a book you could look, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but if you look for Jonathan Mayberry and monsters, you will find it. All right, I'll add that to the show notes as well. And I'll coordinate with you before we air this, so that way we can make sure it's the uh, it's the right book you're thinking of, um, the joys of pre-recording. And I will link to the Encyclopedia of Vampires, Werewolves, and Other Monsters because I found it pretty useful. And um, I used it starting to be the writing, and then I found it was just all so neat. I just kept reading, even though I didn't need to. It was just fun. So why not? Uh, so I think you guys might like it. Um, it's very expensive on the Amazons. So Google the name and find some secondhand copies that have been gently used. To save yourself about 50 bucks because I wasn't paying Amazon $72 fee. Sorry. Just wasn't, just wasn't doing, doing it. it. Good Lord. 72, man. If they gave me Reese's pieces, pieces with it, I might do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback. All right, Isaac, uh, while everyone else mutes, uh, what are you working on now and where can listeners find you? And as usual, it'll all be in the show notes. I'm currently working on a young adult novel. Uh, at least I'm working toward a novel. Uh, currently it's at 18,000 words, uh, working toward 50, hopefully. Uh, I can be found on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm sometimes on Twitter. Okay, and all of those will be in the show notes. And what about you, Brian? What are you working, working on? Working on well, I'm working on. I'm, I obviously the next release I just mentioned was Joe Ledger Unbreakable, which is really cool. We have the first fiction story by Wayne Brady, co-written with Maurice Brodus, as part of this as well, and, and some other really really awesome people, Kevin Janders and so on. But the thing I'm I'm actually writing right now is called Blood from the Well, and it is a uh, a straight PI noir novel set in the Philippines about a guy who was a missionary kid who let, who fled there uh, 19 years before when his father was murdered. They never found the body. They just found his hands. 
And now there's a whole new set of murders coming up that are the same M.O. And uh, the people in the village pay for him to come back and investigate. And he decides he wants to do it, even though he hasn't seen his mother in, in 19 years and so on and so forth. And uh, and so it's a it's a really interesting, twisty-turny noir. In fact, I, I said to somebody the other day that the surprise for me was I didn't even know who'd done it until I got to the third act because I thought that I, I knew several times, but it ended up being somebody else. So it's kind of one of those kind of novels where it kind of, it kind of twists and turns. Every time I think I know what I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing something different. So hopefully it works out well. Uh, finding me. You can find me at, at, at the Brian Thomas S, B-R-Y-A-N-T-H-O-M-A-S-S-S, with the in front of it, on TikTok. I'm very active there. I do a live show now every Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock where I interview authors and other creatives. I also am uh, at Brian Thomas S on Facebook and X, formerly Twitter, and Brian Thomas Schmidt on Instagram. So you can find me there. Outstanding. And you can find us. Wait, before I tell you that, I got to remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platform. They help the right readers find the right books. And it really does make a difference, uh, especially for newer authors or newer books. It will help the uh, the viewing and listening audience find more. And that's always a good thing. It keeps authors gainfully employed and keeps the series you like kicking and screaming into the next volume. So do your part, people. Uh, and with that being said, you can find us on our Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, Linktree slash Blasters and Blades podcast. So again, Linktree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link to all the things, the bit shoot, the rumble, the email, the Facebook group, uh, the YouTubes even. But you're listening, you know, if you're listening there, you already found that uh, and the Facebook page now. Or you could find us more directly on our website, which is anchor.fm. Uh, slash blasters dash and dash blades again anchor.fm slash blasters tack and tack blades where for as little as 99 cents a month you can help keep the lights on uh, we really do appreciate that these shows aren't free to produce so everything you contribute is greatly appreciated you could support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com slash author jr handley again buymeacoffee.com slash author jr handley be um, sure to put in there well actually that one you don't have to yep Put in the comment section. It's for the podcast. Wow, it's been a long night, people. I am clearly high on the sugar from all that uh, Mike and Ike's I was eating. But uh, be sure to put in the comment section. This is for the podcast, and I will keep my co-host duly caffeinated on the Coffee Brand Coffee. Speaking of Coffee Brand Coffee, uh, they are sponsoring the show, and they just put out their fall um, Christmassy-themed peppermint hot cocoa, uh, which looks really, really good. I like hot chocolate, and this is um, – made fresh and it's uh it's got a really velvet finish uh, at least they tell me i'm waiting for mine to show up in the mail uh if the mailman drinks it you will see me on the news i will have to eliminate them i drink peppermint mocha um creamer in my coffee so i might have to get that hot cocoa yeah and so if you go to the website linked in the show notes for the uh, coffee brand coffee and you use the podcast uh the link for the podcast which is podcast grunts we get like you get a 10 percent discount and we get a little bit of money back it's a win-win. You're supporting us while you're drinking amazing caffeine. So win-win. Yeah. And with that being said, thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my crazy caffeinated co-host, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, 
and all things that go boom. Thank you guys for stopping by. Sorry about the technical difficulties. These, These things, things happen. happen. We'll see, see you next time. See you next time.